morning. Good to see all of you here today. I welcome you again, and I welcome those who are watching online. It's good to have you with us. Uh, it's great to, uh, to be in church at the beginning of this new year. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a Sunday um, that started our year, but it was kind of a trial run. Now more of us are here, and we're ready to get into 2023, right? Amen. Amen. You know, I, I hope that, that you have been able to um, keep your relationship with Jesus warm and vibrant these first several days of this new year. I, I hope that, uh, that if you have uh, struggled with that or maybe uh, had difficulty with that, that you've realized that uh, he is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And he just wants you to keep going. He wants you to keep trying. He does not want you to give up. So if you have failed in any area already in this new year, uh, if you're hearing a voice that says give up, I want to assure you that is not the voice of the Lord. That is the voice of the enemy of your soul. Don't listen to him. He has no business talking to you. Uh, listen to the Lord Jesus as he tells you and compels you. Keep going. Keep trying. You can do this. You can do it. You can do it. I'm with you. My Holy Spirit is going to give you strength and power and, uh, and walk with you. So I uh, hope that you've been able to do all those things. We talked about uh, seven things last week. Keeping your relationship warm and, and vibrant each day with Jesus. Uh, if you stumble spiritually, go right to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and set you right back on the right path. Amen. Uh, extending forgiveness to others uh, because others sometimes fail us. And so what we do is we take the grace that God has given us because he's given us so much. And we extend that grace to others who maybe have failed us or hurt us. Uh, completely relying on God's strength in the time of temptation. Amen. Because we need his strength and his power in times of temptation. But then also the next one is avoiding temptation. Don't put yourself in, in, uh, in harm's way or in temptation's way. So that's very important. Number six. You're making every, uh, making every day a time to read God's word and talk to God, spending time with him. And then uh, you're living, number seven, living for yourself or for others rather than for yourself. Amen. Those are the things we need to be doing throughout 2023. And we're just starting. And we have a great opportunity. It lays right before us. Amen. Amen. All right. Going to jump into this today. I'm going to, uh, I'm from, I'm from Zanesville. I don't know what it is. Some of you maybe know that. Most of you probably don't. I'm from Zanesville, Ohio. That's kind of, what's south of here. I never considered it southern Ohio, but I know you all probably do because you, you think, wow, that's, that's southern Ohio. To me, it was kind of central Ohio, but I'm from Zanesville, it's kind of southern, 
Ohio, south of here. And so I might say, y'all, sometimes, when I, when I was learning to talk, we lived in Portsmouth. That's about as far south as you can go in Ohio. And so when we were in Portsmouth, I was starting to learn how to talk. I was like, you know, at that age. And um, my mom was concerned because I had a great big southern accent. She didn't know where that was coming from. So uh, the reason I say that is because I'm going to go to meddling today. You ever heard that phrase? I'm going to go to meddling today. Uh, and I hope that you'll be gracious to me as I go to meddling today. Uh, we're going to start out with a scripture. Uh, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. We're just going to read 1 through 12. It's really a great chapter. Um, I would encourage you to read that whole chapter of Psalm. Uh, it's really nice if you're reading in the New Testament to mix in the Psalms. So if you're reading in the Word of God and that your daily reading is, is let's say it's in uh, the book of Matthew or the book of Mark or John or, Ma you know, one of the Gospels or even one of the letters of Paul and you're, you've been reading that through that daily, it's also nice to kind of mix in the Psalms because the Psalms offer so much uh, what's going on today. Because a lot of it is like the psalmist was pouring their heart out in times of trouble or in times of difficulty. And uh, this is really great. I love these words uh, from uh, the psalmist. So let's, let's uh, if we will, if we can stand together um, for the reading of God's word. It says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It's lofty. I'm unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed and shield, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Wow. Wow. It can say, oh, wow. Yeah. Amen. I mean, thank you for standing with me. You may be seated. This scripture shows that uh, we cannot escape. We cannot escape the eye of God. He sees us wherever we are. He sees us where we're going he sees uh, what we are doing. He sees, uh, he even knows the words that we speak. He hears the words that we speak. The, the scripture even says that he knows the words that we're going to speak, that we're about to speak. And that's interesting, isn't it? Um, when, I when I began to think about all of this, what I realized is the scripture is really telling me that he knows not just what we do out in the open where everybody can see it, but he knows what we're doing in secret 
when no one else is around. Uh, what is also interesting about this scripture is it helps us to understand that God not only knows all of that and sees all of that, but he peers right down into the depths of our heart and he sees the intent of our heart. He sees our motive. <laughs> Interesting, huh? That's exciting. Isn't that exciting? Some of you are like, I'm not sure I was excited about that. I'm not sure. But it is. It's exciting. It's also sobering. It's also a sobering thought because uh, we realize that we cannot escape God. We cannot escape the watchful eye of God. We cannot escape his knowledge. Uh, we can't escape his knowledge of my actions, my interactions, or even my intentions. We cannot escape God knowing all of that about us. It's a great reminder for us to be genuine, right? Genuine, honest, uh, full of integrity. It, it reminds us to be gracious and loving, right? Gracious and loving. It also reminds us to be kind and moral. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to need you to give me feedback today. Thank you uh, so that I know you're with me. All right? I know you're with me. All right. This this has really uh, caused me to think uh, that periodically, really on a regular basis, I need to search my soul. I need to search my life. I need to look at my life and look at my life in a way that I'm not just looking at my life um, in a casual way, but I'm looking at my life, I'm searching my heart and soul in a way that really I'm looking at it with the light of God. I'm looking at it with the light of the word and the, the, the light of God and the eye of God. And I'm really trying to take that and evaluate and search my life with an understanding of what God sees in me, not what I see in myself, not even what others see in me, but what God sees in me. And so I, 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 I soul search in light of God's word and in, in the light of his expectations for me as a follower of his. Now, one of the ways that I do that is to ask myself, uh, and, and we've talked about this before, to ask myself, what kind of a steward am I? What kind of a steward am I? Now, another word for steward is manager. That's probably a word that maybe we're more familiar with. When we began to think of a steward, we're thinking of a manager. What kind of a manager am I? Uh, you, you've uh, probably been asked before, what kind of work are you in? What, what, kind, what do you do for a living? And uh, you could say, well, I'm in management. <laughs> because we're all in management, right? Every single one of us is in management in the, in the sense that we have all been given things to manage in our life. Let's... let's Let's talk about some of these things. We've mentioned some of these things uh, before, but let's talk about some of these things. Um, we, we have to ask ourselves, 
how am I managing my time? Right? How am I managing my time? You're a steward of your time. How are you managing your time? How are you managing your energy? See, it gets right down to it. It's not just time, but it's like energy. What am I doing with the, uh, you know, the, the energy that I have to, to stand up, to walk around, to move places, to go here and there, uh, to apply myself to this or that? What am I doing with my energy? How am I managing my energy? How am I managing my relationships? Okay? All my different relationships. I have a lot of different kinds of relationships in my life. We all do. And so how are we managing those? What are, what are we doing to be a good steward of our relationships? God has given me grace. Uh, how am I managing that grace in my life? Uh, God has given me knowledge. How am I, uh, what am I doing with the knowledge that I have to honor God? Uh, God is uh, the giver of all good gifts. And so we're literally talking about everything that is at our disposal that God has given us to use. And he's given us so much. We just, real, we just really don't realize how much God has given us to use. But when we think about it, just about every good thing that we have at our, at our disposal in our life has been given to us by God to use. And he's called us to be good stewards of all of that. Good managers. And so I would ask you this morning, what kind of a manager are you? How are you doing with, with managing all of these things? Uh, okay. So uh, the other thing is, if we tie that together with what we just read about in uh, Psalm 139, he's watching us, right? He's, he's watching us be a steward of all of these things. He's, he's watching us be a steward of our, our time, our energy, uh, our knowledge, our, our grace, uh, our, our love, our relationship, you know, all of these things. He's watching us and how we're managing these things. And as he's watching us, he's paying attention to how we're doing this. What are we doing? What's in our heart? What's the motive? Now, I've mentioned a lot of different things of what we're managers of. What haven't I mentioned yet? I heard it. Money. Ah, see, there you go. That's why I said I was going to go to meddling a little bit earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. I know it's, I, I, I know it's uncomfortable, but let's talk about it. Because it's in the Bible, right? It's in the Word of God. So we talk about the Word of God. So we're going to take a look at a scripture. It's Mark chapter 12. Uh, verses 41 through 44. Mark 12, 41 through 44. Let me set this up for you a little bit. Um, there was a, a place in the temple, back in the day of Jesus, there was a place in the temple called the Court of Women. Uh, the reason that it was called that, and again, we you know we, we've said this before, but it, it's uh, probably good to remind ourselves of this. Uh, back in the day of Jesus, in that culture, uh, women were not as respected as they should have been. And they certainly weren't uh, thought of in a way that was equal to men. 
Now that that wasn't that wasn't really right. That wasn't the way it should have been, but that's the way it was in that culture. So they had in the temple this place called the Court of Women. And and all culture was that way. All of culture was that way. But they had in this place in the temple called the Court of Women, and basically it was called the Court of Women because that is a part of the temple that women could be in because the women couldn't be in all of the parts of the temple. But they could be in that part. And so Jesus was actually sitting in a place where he was uh, watching this part of the temple called the Court of Women. And in the Court of Women, there were many offering boxes, so to speak, History tells us there were 13 different offering boxes. And so he's sitting in a place where he can see this part of the temple, and he's watching these offering boxes, and he's watching people give money and put money into these offering boxes. So this is what we're reading. It says, sitting across uh, from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. Summoning his disciples, he said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. For they they all gave out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Now, uh, that is interesting. Now, um, let's let's just be let's let's just be uh, very open about this in our discussion this morning. Um, most people believe. I think you agree with me on this. Most people believe that our giving is a private matter. Would you agree? I mean, we we don't. Uh, we don't go peeking over people's shoulders when they're giving, right? Um, that would be uncomfortable, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would be uncomfortable. So, so we don't do that. We don't go peeking over people's shoulders. We don't try to see uh, what people are giving. It's a, it's a private matter, so to speak. And, and even with the church, we, we keep it a private matter. We don't, we don't like put a, a big board out there to say, uh, a, a tally board of this is what this family gave, and this is no, it's it's a private matter. We feel that way. We all feel that way. We agree on that. <laughs> but Jesus was watching people give. He was paying attention to what people were giving. He was sitting in a place where he could see what people were putting in. It says very clearly that he was watching. Uh, what they were putting in because he was noticing that some were putting in large sums and then he noticed this widow that put in two tiny coins. And so Jesus was watching, which goes along with the fact that God sees everything that we do, right? So make no mistake, God sees how we give. He sees how we give. He sees what we give. He sees how we give. He uh, pays attention to that, and that's his prerogative. Amen? That's his prerogative. And so Jesus is watching, but not to see, not to see the, uh, to the, the large amounts that are going in. 
and celebrating the large amounts. That's not what we're told here in the scripture. We're not told that as Jesus was watching and he saw the people that are giving the large amounts, it, it doesn't say that he turned to his disciples and said, that was a big amount. Wow. Do you guys see that? That was loud, you know, because it would have been a lot of coins going in. That's, that's not what it says, right? And, and so he was watching, and it wasn't the large amounts and, and, uh, and all of that that he was celebrating. But I like the, the fact that in the scripture, it says that he was watching how people were giving. And that is very important. That little word is really important. Jesus was watching how people were giving. God watches how we give. He watches how we give. It says in the scripture text that he watched many rich people putting in large sums. Then a poor widow dropped in two tiny coins. The reason the CSB translated, translates it two tiny coins is because she literally dropped in the smallest coins possible called a lepton. Now, a lepton means a thin one. It means a thin one. And basically, her two coins amounted to one cent. Okay? Her two coins amounted to one cent. And as Jesus watched this widow give one cent, he was impressed. Now, I don't know whether you've ever thought about this or not, but have you ever thought that you could actually give in a manner that would impress God? I really haven't. But Jesus was impressed. Jesus' heart was moved by how this woman gave. Jesus' heart was moved by how this woman gave. And it isn't the first time that we see the heart of Jesus moved. Now, we see this another time uh, in, in a time when the uh, centurion had great faith. He was impressed by the centurion's faith. We see another time that he was impressed with a woman that knelt at his feet and, and, and washed his feet and dried his feet with her hair. So we don't often think that it's possible to impress God, but we do see in Scripture there were times that Jesus was impressed by the faith of people and how people did things. And so I, I believe that we can honestly say that God can be impressed with how we give that God's heart can be moved by how we give. And I think that's significant. You have the opportunity with your stewardship to move the heart of the Lord as he is watching your life. Now, that goes really for all areas of stewardship. Like everything that you're a steward of. But it includes how you give of your money, how you give of your possessions to God. 
Uh, notice that it isn't with a big gift. The, the big gift wasn't what Jesus wanted to tell the disciples about. He didn't call the disciples over to tell them about the big gift. He called them over to tell them about how this widow gave. And, and check it out. It was, it was a gift that was given from the heart. It was a gift that was given from the heart. Stewardship that moves God's heart demonstrates faith in him. Okay? So you want to know how to move the heart of God with the way that you are a steward, with the way that you manage what he's given you? Well, exhibit faith with what he's given you. Use faith with what he has blessed you with. Uh, use that with what he has blessed you with in a way that shows faith. Because this widow showed great faith by the way that she gave. One of the things that stands out about what Jesus tells the disciples is that he commends, he commends giving in faith. Now, this made me think of a couple other instances in the word about uh, how people gave in faith. You remember the, uh, the, whim, the woman in First uh, Kings 17, uh, she was also a widow, and Elijah was sent to her, and uh, Elijah was told that she was going to give him food to eat, but that she didn't have much herself. And so when Elijah comes upon this woman, she actually has enough flour and enough oil to make one cake so that her, and, and in her own words, so that her and her son can eat it and then die. That's what it says. Like, she knew that was going to be their last meal. That was all they had. And there wasn't any more coming. There wasn't any food on the way. Okay? You ever been in that situation where you have a little bit and you know that the next round that's coming isn't coming soon enough? <laughs> I have. But Elijah comes to her, tells her that, he, that she needs to use it to bake a cake for him and tells her that, the, that God, God told him to tell her that and that God said that if you do this, you won't run out. That takes faith, doesn't it? <laughs> so this woman did what the, Elijah said and she made the, the cake for him and guess what? Flour just kept coming, oil just kept coming, because God owns everything, doesn't he? Uh, it also reminded me of um, the feeding of the 5,000. You know, here's this young boy, and he's got, uh, he's got his lunch. He's got some loaves. He's got some fish. That's all he's got. He's got it's his lunch. There's 5,000 people. Is that going to provide for those people? No. It did. But in his mind, he's thinking, no way. He's, he's asked to give it all. He, he hands it over to the Lord. The Lord blesses it, starts distributing it, keeps giving it out, keeps giving it out, keeps giving it out, keeps giving it out. It gets, everybody gets fed, and then there's 12 baskets left over. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? When, when we give in faith, 
when we give in a way that, that shows faith in God, what it does is it, it touches the heart of God and God is able to do far more with our gift than what we could ever imagine or think. Isn't it fantastic? So let me ask you this. Do you think that that widow that put in the two, the two last coins that she had, those two little tiny coins, worth one cent, do you think for a moment as Jesus watched her give that gift that she went away and then she had to starve? No way. No way. The Lord watched her give everything. He took care of her. He took care of her. He takes care of us. Amen? I, I mean, I, if I had time, I could tell you, I could give you testimony of that in my life, in, in Barbie and I's life. I could tell you of the testimonies that my parents shared with me because they had the same kind of thing going on in their life when they just started out and they had nothing. But you see, when you, when you give to God and you say, God, I don't know if it's there, but I'm going to give it to you, God takes care of his people. Stewardship that moves God's heart will not make sense to the world. <laughs> it will not make sense to the world. There, this is a very common theme throughout the Bible. Let me just tell you some things. Abraham left everything he knew to go to a strange land. Noah built a boat over 300 feet long in the middle of dry ground. Gideon kept sending soldiers home before he went out to fight a battle against a huge army. David went out to meet a giant that was over nine feet tall. Jumped in the New Testament. Peter jumped out of the boat to, to jump into water on water during a huge storm. Bartimaeus threw his coat before he was, uh, his sight was restored. Uh, there, there's a scripture uh, that it's in your notes with that. Uh, and it's just the, really not the whole, the whole story, but it's just you know, like that, that verse where Bartimaeus is crying out to Jesus and, and Jesus is walking by and, uh, and Jesus asks him, you know, they say that Jesus is wanting him to come over and, he's, and Bartimaeus takes his coat, a blind man, okay, takes his coat and throws it. How many blind people throw their coat? Kind of hard to find your coat after you throw it. Right? Stuff doesn't make sense to the world that God sometimes calls us to do. And, and I think that lines up really well. Uh, you know, I had another one here, woman with the issue of blood, fighting her way through the crowd. Not supposed to be within six feet of anybody, but getting through the crowd. You see, the world tells us, you know, this is what you should do. This makes sense. You do this, you do this, you do this. And they have like a kind of an outline of how to do this and how to do that. And sometimes God leads us to give in such a way that it doesn't make sense. But when we do that, when we follow God and we do that, the thing that doesn't make sense to the world moves the heart of God. Stewardship that moves God's heart comes from genuine generosity. Genuine generosity. Jesus said, 
that she gave more than anyone else. Now, literally speaking, she probably gave less than anyone else. If we're just looking at the numbers, if we evaluate it by the numbers, we'd say she gave the least. But Jesus said she gave more than anyone else. Now, there's only one reason that he would say such a thing, and that's because God's evaluation is different than man's. The way God evaluates things is different than man. It's different than, than how people evaluate things. People evaluate things in certain ways, right? And one of the best ways that we evaluate things is what? Numbers, right? We look at the numbers. Let's crunch the numbers, right? Can we do this? I don't know. Let's look at the numbers. Is it great? It's not in the budget. Can we do this? I don't know. It's not in the budget. It's not in the numbers. We looked at the numbers. The numbers say we can't. <laughs> Am I lying? It's what we do, right? It's how we handle things. God evaluates things differently. There's only one reason why Jesus would say that this woman who gave a cent gave the most. It goes with the scripture from 1 Samuel 16.7. And there's other scriptures that indicate this as well, but I chose this one. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. This is when Samuel's looking for the next king of Israel. And he, went to, to, he was sent to Jesse's house to, to, to see David. But the Lord said to Samuel, do, you, do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord sees. For humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees. What's the Lord see? The heart. He sees the heart. And so as Jesus is watching this woman, as he's watching this, this woman, and he watches her drop in this two coins, one cent, he calls his disciples over and he gets them all together and he said, this woman, this woman has given more than anyone else has given here. And I think they're probably scratching their heads saying, wait a minute, I just watched, I just watched she just, two little coins. Jesus was looking at her heart. He was looking right at her heart. There was a, a lady um, when I was ministering at Barberton. There was a lady that was in a nursing home over in Barberton. And uh, I, I went to visit her one day. And uh, she, <laughs> she handed me a tithe envelope. And she said, would you take that back to the church? And I said, yeah. And, and then she kind of almost started crying. And I said, you know, what's, what's wrong? And she said, she was crying and she said, uh, I'm just ashamed because of how small my tithe is. Now, I knew that she got very little money each month, like very, very little. And I knew she was giving everything she could. And it was small, but it was everything that she could give. And I knew this lady's heart. She was so, this lady, this lady, she's such a beautiful soul. 
one of the most um, innocent-hearted people that I've ever met. She didn't have anything, but when I would go visit her, she would always have something to give me. She was amazing. And, and, I, and I looked at her, and I said, Donna, God sees your generous heart. Because God looks at our heart. And he knows if we're being generous or not. And a good steward is generous in their money. Church, I want to be a great steward for God. I want to be the kind of steward that moves the heart of God. I want to be cheerful. I don't want to be stingy. I want the world to scratch their head as to why I would give the way that I give to the Lord. I want to give back to the Lord generously because he's given me everything that I have. What an honor and a privilege it is to just give a portion back to what he's given me. I want Jesus to see the same kind of heart in me that he's seen in that widow that dropped in one cent. <laughs> and I hope you do as well. Not bad for meddling, right? You can take that, can't you? Praise God. Praise God. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for you. God, just uh, just coming to you right now, Lord, this morning together. We're we're uh, we're starting out this new year. We've talked about a lot of things that we want to do and to make sure that we're walking with you, following you the way we should. Talked about some things last week, but but this week, Lord, it was really. It was a big thing because it was all-encompassing, being a, a good steward of all that you've given us. But Lord, we want to we follow the leading of the, this widow that we've read about here in Scripture. We want to give in such a way that just shows faith, that isn't conformed to the world and is generous in our heart. Lord, help us to give in that way. Help us to use all of the resources that you've given us in a way that will move your heart. Lord, we pray that we can do that in a way that uh, is just full of gladness. It says in Scripture that you love a cheerful giver. And I pray, Lord, that as we give back to you, that it will be done in a cheerful way. We love you so much, and we're amazed at how much you love us. May the way that we give just really indicate that we love you so much. 
Lord, bless us now and help us to be a blessing to others and to your work. Lord, we, it was neat to see the missionaries today and they thanked us for support. We know, Lord, that when we give that we're helping people all over the world to, to share your gospel. What a privilege. What an honor. So, Lord, just bless our, our gifts that we give back to you. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.